Hi, everybody. Welcome to La Femme versus Nikita. My name is Alicia. I am Cynical Black Dude. And we are starting this podcast mostly because I am obsessed with all things La Femme Nikita. And Cynical Black Dude is, I wouldn't say obsessed, but you do love Nikita, the, yes. the latest iteration of it. Yes. Okay. Which you got me into that, by the way. Yes. I had no idea. And then you did that to me. And then you're, I watched it over. Yeah, I've watched it like twice already. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, you know, I'm out here doing the Lord's work and things of that nature. So <laughs> I do what I can. I try to get everybody to watch any type of any type of Nikita. So that was your first when you watched. So before we get in, into it, so we have it start, all started with the original movie, Nikita, La Femme Nikita, right? Yeah. By Luc Besson. Who yes. has since been making the same movie over and over again? He did and... not make it. He didn't do it. <laughs> Everyone copied him. I don't want to throw him under the bus like that because they keep re- like he did remake some of his other movies, but he didn't do it. He okay. actually said no. I, okay. I, I'm just defending him. No, I mean in his filmography, oh, there okay. are several versions of not Nikita, but let's call them Lucy, or let's call it Columbiana. Or okay, let's yeah. call it strong female character kicking ass against the system. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like <laughs> legit because Nikita was remade not just as Point of No Return, but there's also a Chinese one that they also did it. So I thought oh, you meant that. Oh, no, I didn't and, even know about that one. Yeah, I, haven't, oh, I didn't snap. see it, but I looked it up. And okay. then I found out they actually asked Luke Besson to make Point of No Return. And he's like, I already made the movie. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to make my own movie again in English. This explains so much that we'll get into in a bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, you have La Femme Nikita the movie, which came out in 1990. And then you have Point of No Return, starring Bridget Fonda, which there's a lot of interesting people in that movie, by the way. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> you have Point of No Return, which came out in 1993. Um, and then you have... Nikita Femme Nikita the television show which I don't know what year actually La Femme Nikita the TV show started I think it was 95 yeah that sounds that sounds about right and then you have Nikita the CW uh television show which started when do you remember when that one started two years back but it's been over for a few years now also yeah yeah so, you know, La Femme Nikita, a.k.a. Point in a Return, a.k.a. Nikita, has had a very long uh, career on film and television, which is quite interesting for a property like that to keep getting remade. Yeah, I was thinking about that when we started this. I was like, man, like, this is such an interesting thing that's been, like, redone so much and yeah. like, so widespread. Yeah, and I could see, give it a few years, I can definitely see another version of Nikita happening yeah, again. Like I can see the it. The Maggie Q sure. version was amazing. La Femme oh. Nikita got the write-in campaign to come back. Like it's doing too well to keep to like be forgotten now. Like now it's done too much. Like it it's got momentum. Right, exactly. So had you seen you hadn't seen La Femme Nikita before no, the movie. I had to, so my history with it was my mom used to have a huge VHS tape collection and during the summers I'd get bored and I'd watch Point of No Return. But remember, I was in single digits back then. So I watched it like when I was in single digits. So this was this is like seeing the movie all over again. Yeah. I mean, no, you had to be really, really. Well, because in 1990, 
I was nine. So you... in '93, <laughs> I was uh, what would I've been seven? Okay. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So if you have for point of return, you were seven. Okay. I yeah, I saw point of no return as a kid, and I really liked it. But I was um, 13, so I didn't know any better. Um, also, exactly. yeah. I really, up until I watched La Femme Nikita, the film, um, yesterday, I had thought I'd seen that movie already. I had not. <laughs> I had not. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I haven't seen it. Of course, I know the entire story. Yeah. But I hadn't actually seen it. Um, so it was a big surprise to me that it's so much better than Point of No Return. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll stop. We'll get into that later later about the reasons, but like, so much. (laughs) Like, that was really shocking. Did not see that coming. Man, what a plot twist. So, but I, (laughs) what were you going to say? So I went and looked up the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, Point of No Return, and I saw it, it was like a 50 or something. I was like, that seems about right now that I'm remembering as an adult and can actually critique a movie. But then I saw the reviews for La Femme Nikita and I was like, oh, this is really high. Like, this got a lot of awards. And right. then I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's why it was remade in two different countries. And then I was like, well, they pretty much made, remade the movie like shot for shot almost. It can't be that different. Oof. Yeah, was not ready. I'm, I'm actually happy. You criticized me because I watched Point of No Return first. I'm actually, after watching both, I'm very happy I did Point of No Return first because I don't think I could have made myself make it through Point of No Return if I had attempted to watch it set. It was a struggle, let me tell you, because that's how I did it. And it was a struggle. And I watched it late too. And I was like, this, I already know. Like, do I really need to watch all of it? <laughs> like, I already know how this story um starts what happens in the middle and what end and how it ends but but there are the important differences at the end very important differences there are very important differences so then you have um you know La Femme Nikita the tv show which I was completely obsessed with that came on USA back in the 90s and that was on for five seasons um and what I found out that was very interesting about La Femme Nikita the tv show is that one while it was on USA Network back in the day, it was USA's number one rated show. That sounds about right. It was the number one rated show for its first two seasons. And at the time, USA was a fairly new cable network because, you know, it's the 90s. Cable was still fairly new. Um, So the person who started the network was really a fan of the show. And there was like tons of advertising. And this was their marquee programming this show number one in season one number one in season two and then they changed leadership at usa networks and the new guy was like "Eh, i don't really care about this show that much and (laughs) tried to get them to do things like have um ww i believe it was still f at that time have wwf wrestlers play the villains on the show so oh, that God. they could do cross promotion between their wrestling programs and La Femme Nikita. Oh, I just, I, where that idea could come from is just how you think that's a good idea. I do not know. I don't know. You're like, your number one rated program. And you're like, hey guys, I have an idea. Let's try to ruin it. See, <laughs> like here's, here's my feeling on that. And it's that 
I have a friend at work, and she recently told me that her boyfriend, now fiance, doesn't watch female-led programming. And I was like, that is, like, I was like, you're okay with him just saying something like that? Because do you understand the implications of that? And I feel like that's what happened. It's like, oh, look, this female-led show, it's trash. And it's like, but it's your number one. And it's like, ooh, but it's led by a woman. It's just mm. people, well, I was about to say that people don't, it's like, there's data though. But as we well know, given our current times and who is in the White House, that data doesn't mean jack shit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can can see it now. I can see it now. Someone personally didn't like it for whatever reason. And it was like, I will literally sabotage my entire business practice. Yep. Yes, that's exactly like. So that's what that guy did. He sabotaged LaFemme Nikita. And even in sabotaging it, he pulled all of their advertising and everything. Season three and season four, they were still the number one show on the network. (laughs) And then he canceled it. <laughs> he just was like, I'm tired of playing games with you guys. Like, I try to get you to just not watch it, but you're not going to do that. So I'm just going to cancel it. And then the fans revolted and did an old school campaign to bring that television show back. Which, and it worked. We talked about this before we turned the, before we started recording. You have to re- also remind everyone that this is back in like the 90s before the internet. So it wasn't like an email campaign. It was a handwritten letter campaign. Right. Right. Like, like exactly. Just, that is so much more work and commitment. Yes. Like, you know, people now have it easy. It's just like I'm gonna send an angry email while I'm right. watching the show without even turning off my browser. Right. I'm just like, gonna no. tweet. I'm gonna yeah. tweet and tweet and tweet. And yeah. you know, and yeah, they were no, sending people... things like sending sunglasses, which so cynical black dude has not seen the television show La Femme Nikita yet. So he will understand that shortly why that's a thing that they just inundated the studio with sunglasses. Um, and that's how you get Lifem Nikita season five, which was a shortened season, but good season. Um, and then you have Nikita. Oh, I should say, so you have Pedro Wilson playing, playing Nikita in Lifem Nikita. And then you have Maggie Q playing Nikita in Nikita. So it's going to be really interesting Looking track at, of all these characters. Yeah, and keeping yeah. track of the different changes and things like that. I haven't seen LaFemme Nikita in quite a while. Can we just call it LFN? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. Let's do that. So I haven't seen uh, LFN, or we can call it the OG. I like the OG. Okay. Like the OG. So I haven't seen the OG in quite a while, so I'm really looking forward to, to watching it again. And that's basically what this podcast is going to be. We're just going to go through all iterations of Nikita and nerd out about it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Because we love yeah. it. Yeah, that's pretty much how I live my life. So yeah. I rewatched that scene from um, Nikita where she is strapped to the ceiling, pulling oh, down. Yes. I rewatched that scene a million times because oh, it's yes. just like, oh. Yeah. It's a we'll fantastic scene. Yeah, we'll get into that once that's, we get there. But... That's a ways away, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's a ways away. So first, let's start with the films, the OG film, and then the American remake, Point of No Return. So we've hinted, maybe it wasn't a hint, it was pretty obvious that uh, La Femme Nikita, the films. movie, <laughs> yeah. is leagues and bounds better than Point of No Return. Leagues <laughs> and bounds, like shockingly so. For a movie where they really almost remade it shot for shot, it's amazing how every difference they decided to make was the exact wrong choice. Yes. Every time. It was yes. amazing. 
It's yes. like, how can you be wrong on every level? I just thought when watching Point of No Return, I was like, oh, so they really think American audiences are dumb. That yes. was, that's, that's the immediate, that's to me, that's the immediate difference in which, so, okay, wait, I'm assuming if you are out there listening to this podcast that you know what Nikita and La Femme Nikita and all that is about and that we don't really have to explain it. Also, there's the blanket spoiler warning for everything from here on out. Absolutely. We will mention it again in the beginning of other episodes, but this should be understood. Nah, then. we won't. So. <laughs> Yeah, if you listen to this, you should understand that we're going like, to be talking about. It's years in the past now. Uh, <laughs> this is your one and only spoiler warning. Tread carefully. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Nikita is about a woman who has been uh, arrested for killing a police officer. And um, instead of dying, because she's sentenced to jail for her entire life. And instead of dying, they fake her death. And she goes to work for a secret government agency as an assassin. And that's it. It's the simplest story, really. Like, it's a story that use. here's what I wonder. Had I seen that story ever before La Femme Nikita? Or is it that the story is so ubiquitous afterwards? pretty sure it's ubiquitous afterwards because I'm pretty sure that's why Nikita was so popular is that this was like a groundbreaking like idea mm-hmm. especially because like think like this is in the 90s so this is this is before like the end of the cold war mm. like spies are still like big yeah like, this is at the culmination like spies are still huge now right 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 so, that makes sense yeah so what was so you watched point of no return first Yes. And I watched Levin Nikita first. The first thing I would like to, well, actually, you said that you had, you wanted to say your grand idea yes. that you had about the two of them. My overall theme about the main difference between the two of them is they just took away a lot of agency for the main female character, first from the French movie to the American movie. And it's a lot of small things that I thought maybe I wasn't seeing first, but they were all things that even before seeing Nikita, when I was just watching Point of No Return, I was like, that's a weird choice. Like, they're kind of like screwing her over a little bit, like in an, un- in an unnecessary way for the plot. And, I, and so I'm, I actually noted those down because I did this like homework and took notes. And then when I watched Nikita, I was like, oh, these are all things the original film chose not to do. These are problems I noticed. And they recognized this and didn't do them. And it just made me realize like how Americans make movies mm. and how they chose to instead make the guys just more sexist more aggressive and to take agency from the female character and give it to these guys who are the side characters and and yeah so my notes are pretty much points where i recognize that and see those problems i completely agree with you i when i was watching point in a return i was like wait a minute why is bob um we'll talk about that name why is bob getting so much more energy in this version of this story, it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, in fact, it makes a lot of sense because my overall reaction was this movie, watching both of these movies back to back is a statement on America, if ever there yes. were one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not a good statement. <laughs> like, it's not a good statement. It's not a good statement for how we make movies, but more importantly, how we 
of you women <laughs> in yes. society. Yes. Like, like, yikes. Yeah. And what's okay. sad is, you know, that was 1993, that point of no return came out. And yet, I, you know, yet have there have been big changes, of course, but only very recently. No, no, there have not. Because yes, I still there have hold been Sicario. big changes. I hold up Sicario as the perfect example of a movie where they stole a female character's entire agency from the first scene of her being a badass FBI agent to the scene where they just literally just strip her down to nothing and in the movie on the note where she gets to be nothing. I hold that up as what Americans do to female characters sometimes. That I'm not saying horrible. that it doesn't still exist, but I'm saying in 93, that was the norm. It would not oh. have been out of place. But oh, yeah. in 2010, you see that and you're like, whoa, this is uh, like, they made this this year in 2010? In 2020? Really? Wow. Okay. You know what I mean? So there have yeah. been, okay. there's been movement. Um, okay. But even the movement we've had is only very recent still. So, and there's still a whole lot left to do. So the first moment that I knew this was going off the rails was, so in in the OG film, Nikita um, kills this police officer and goes to court. And French court is really wacky, by the way, side note. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, everybody's got their thing. But French court is like super weird. At least it was portrayed super weirdly on screen. Um, and she gets arrested. I mean, excuse me, she gets sentenced and she throws a fit. And they like take her to the um, wherever the hell they take her to, yeah. you know, fake kill her or whatever, yeah. right? Now go to point in a return. The same scene because it's literally shot for shot. Yeah. The same movie, right? She's getting taken out of the courtroom after throwing her fit. Slow pan to the gloomy man standing above in the galley, taking notes in the dark. Why are you here, sir? This is not your story, Bob. And so this is the Bob character is the guy who is like her mentor through the entire process. But the French film had no need to show us Bob that early in the film. Why? Because it's not his story, number one. Two, we don't need you to spoon feed us this story. <laughs> like We can put one, one together and come up with, you know, Bob. It's okay. <laughs> We've had that talk before about movies that can't trust the audience or let them figure things out and not assume we're dumb. Voiceover. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> I have a, it's not, I was going to say I have a complicated relationship with voiceovers. I don't, I hate them. <laughs> uh, unless it's Kristen Bell. Like, I have zero need for voiceovers because one they're so difficult to do properly and so if you're not doing it the right way that means it's completely useless in whatever project it is you're using it in it's not one of those things that you can like kind of get it right nope nope if it's there and it's not right then you're completely doing it wrong no middle ground no middle ground yeah. for, for a voiceover so yeah what do you think about the beginning of the film um okay so in this case, I want to compare them both because it was very much the same. One of the things I did notice was just the timing and most specifically before when she shot the cop. Um, when, since I watched Point of No Return first, I didn't remember. And I remembered that 
the OG series chose not to make Nikita a killer. And I always thought that was a very weird decision because I always felt the decision to actually make her bad is the much more interesting decision. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was, I was like, oh man, did the American version of the movie choose not to make her kill? Because there's that delay where she's just sitting there listening to headphones after the whole shootout and uh, she hasn't done anything. She's just been sitting there. And then she pulls the gun under the cop's chin and she chooses to pull the trigger. And I felt that the decision to take a little bit more time in the OG movie made it more poignant that this was a cold-blooded decision, that she looked at him, he had time to talk to her and try to say some words, and she acknowledged that he was talking to her and still pulled the trigger. And like, it was such a small thing, but it made it so much more cold-blooded in her actions. And I like that because in terms of character development, it makes her such typically an unlikable person that like she just cold-bloodedly murdered a cop in the commission of a crime, like after everything was done. And it was, I liked it. Like it made me, like both movies did it well. Um, Point of No Return was a little scene chewy in the acting, um, which I will not hold that against them because later on in the OG film, uh, with Leon the Cleaner or whatever his name is. Right. He definitely was like chewing the scenery like crazy with his acting. So I won't hold that against the uh, point of no return there. But it was just, you know, the scenes were pretty much the exact same. Like it was. I want to say, some, uh, to piggyback off of that, the fact that the OG film took a little longer to set up how cold blooded that was yeah. and how that. Um, filters into the character as a whole is like it's really important because these two women are very different. Yeah, they're very different. Like yeah. OG Nikita is a lunatic. She's a savage. Yeah, like yeah. straight up, she is a savage. And so a lot of the movie is about taming her and getting her to conform to the rules of this system, whereas the point of no return that character she's not a savage she's just a kid who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks or whatever and like had a complicated life i think the pro the difference is is probably how we view drug use and druggies and two white attractive typically middle class white women who are druggies in america because if you would have made point of no return character black Mm. it would have looked like some shit out of fucking um new jack city Mm. She wouldn't have had that much, like, you know, yeah. going for her. And so, but then there's also, like I said, just how we view druggies here in America and all that, which is why I like the fact, because originally, like I said, I thought they weren't going to have her kill her in Point of No Return, have her kill the cop in Point of No Return. I thought they were going to make it something like she gets arrested for felony murder. Like, you know, she was there during the commission of the crime and she goes to jail for that without actually doing it. She's just, because she was there and they did it. But they and don't follow through on that, though. Yeah, They don't follow through on that for her character, I mean, going forward yeah. throughout the film. Whereas in the OG film, that is her. She is a yeah. killer. She does not care about yeah. um, killing people. That's not an issue for her. All she actually cares about is her own, you know, peace of mind and, you know, towards the end anyway, and yeah. being able to like live this life that she's carved out for herself. Whereas in Point of No Return, it becomes this thing where she sort of has this moral objection to what she's doing um yeah. but we'll, we, we could, we'll get to that yeah. so what's next what should we talk about next um so 
I think we can go through because the scene in the in the police station is pretty much the same. Oh, um, but is it? Let's talk about the difference between the OG film where the cop is like, yeah, cutie. And like, that's the insult that he's calling her cutie. And then in the American version, he's like, yeah, you stupid bitch. What? (laughs) And you're ugly too. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, yeah. Wow. (laughs) That said a lot. That said a lot. Because when the cop called OG Nikita cutie, you understood what was going on there. He wasn't using, I mean, he used the word cutie as a pejorative, but it speaks volumes that that's the word that they chose to use in that manner. And it was still impactful. But yeah. in the American film. Heavy handed. Like, oh you know. my gosh. No, you stupid yeah. bitch. It's like, whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're just throwing all subtlety out the window we're just and you gotta call her ugly too like (laughs) a little bit a little bit of overkill a little bit of overkill but anyway that's that's something that i really had to like okay this is this doubling down doubling down on the differences in in how i don't i can't say how they treat women in france because i don't know but at least how it was how they portrayed the movie exactly oh i wanted to talk about the scene where she's getting where they're faking her death but she thinks that she's going to die yeah so that was so much it was so well done in the og film and they really took they really lost a lot in the translation the point of no return because like just the crying and the desire to like where's my mother where's my mother like they like bridget fonda didn't hit the same notes like i didn't well, neither I, did I the script so i can't blame bridget fonda for that (laughs) because in the og one she's like you know she's like oh i'm gonna die at least that's what they're telling her and and her whole thing is no this can't be where i die because my mom is not here she would be here if this were the end and that's that's like a punch in the gut right there yeah like yeah oh man yeah no that one Especially because it was, I didn't feel anything in the point of no return one. So I wasn't expecting to feel anything in Nikita. So it really hit me because I was like kind of blood. I was like, oh, oh, right, right in the fields. Like right in the fields. Meanwhile, point of no return, uh, she's just screaming. Yeah. What is your name? Maggie? I think. Yeah, it's Maggie. It's Maggie. It's Maggie and point of no return and actually yeah. Nikita. Yeah. So Maggie's just screaming, Mommy! Yeah. Mom! Like just- Mommy! And then yeah. she pisses on herself. I just why don't we need to see that? Why? Uh, loss of agency. Really shows she's out of control. Ooh. And yeah. Ooh, yes, you are right. <laughs> Ooh, just I have really picked de- up on that. Yes. Just degrade her a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, it's so many small things that you just see it and you're like, man, like that's the decision to add that is only for one reason. Was we'll Bob to- there? Was he watching? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Okay. Yeah, I have to go back. I bought both of these movies, so I got them. Couldn't even get them on the same freaking subscription service. I had to buy Ooh, them on two different. Bought ones. them. I just rented them. I did not buy them. It was. Look at us difference. being all legal and stuff. I know. I know. Adulting. I was like, if I was like, if we're going to be discussing it, I want to support them. 
even if I don't know if Puerto Return, Puerto Return deserves all that much. But Ooh, well, they got my three ninety nine. No, two ninety nine. They got my two ninety nine. Yeah. I think that's how much it costs to rent it. Um, so can we talk about Bob versus Bob? Okay, I've got to say this, and I'm going to sound like an uncultured heathen, but when they did this slow pan up to OG movie Bob, I, who have never seen the movie, was not ready to see the bad guy from Bad Boys. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, he's about to get away in the good car. Like, so I'm an uncultured heathen. I totally acknowledge that, but I wasn't ready. And I was like, and I was like, oh, this. Okay, actually, sorry. I just realized we do have to talk about the choice of actors to play the roles beyond just Bob, because I've also got to talk about the director of Division and the difference between where they went with the French movie and the American movie and how vast that gulf was. But we'll Ooh. circle back to that. Yes. I just want okay. to that up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So continue. Bob v. Bob. Yes. So one, right from the start, Point of No Return Bob was like his entire interactions with Maggie the entire time, super weird and made me uncomfortable the entire movie. Yep. The entire movie. And I was like, is this supposed to be sexual tension? Because it's mostly just creepy. Right. And then when I go and, like I said. He was very angry also. Yeah. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand, especially when you go and watch Nikita. This is just his job. Like, he brings in new girls and trains them. And that's his job. And that's how he kind of approaches it. And he does later on develop a rapport with Nikita, but it's over time, which is also something yes. else I want to point out the time difference between the two movies. Yes. Because I don't know if you, anyone noticed it because it's such a small line. But oh, it's in, a big, it's, it's, it's big. It's big. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like there was such a big deal when in Point of No Return, when, Nikita, when Maggie is acting up and stuff and they go to the director, who we will still come back to. We will definitely come back to that creepy dude. And he's like, oh, you've got six months to get her in shape versus in Nikita, they say two weeks. And I was like, two weeks isn't enough. And I realized in the original Nikita, they mean two weeks to start getting her on track. Right. Versus in Point of No Return, it's six months to get her perfectly ready. And then in Nikita, you realize she's there for three years yep. learning this. And that is a huge decision versus what they do. Like, oh, six months, you're ready, you're out. And you're like, she learned how to speak French in, in six, six months. months. Like, I've been taking how- French since I was 13. <laughs> middle school high school college duolingo <laughs> i still don't know how to speak french but yeah. you know nikita learned it maggie excuse me maggie learned it in a few months and then in in the og film they said it usually takes five to six years to get someone to train. fully trained up yes makes yes. sense you are training a highly skilled killer yeah. And spy. Yeah. Because usually those two people are not necessarily the same, the same yeah. skill set. So yes. you're doing a highly trained assassin and spy five to six years and taking them from zero. Yeah. Like from crackhead on the street <laughs> who's killing right. cops into right. like highly effective, superbly trained, you know, military asset. Yes. Yes. In America, we can do that in six months. In America, we can do that in six months. Exactly. No problem. It just, I was like, this is is a bad choice when he said. And I don't understand why they made it. Like, 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 it It was was right there. You didn't have to do it that way. Like, the scenes took the exact same amount of time 
but you just change the dialogue to be like, no, in America, we're more awesome. Like, we don't even <laughs> six years. What? We make ninjas in nine months. Like, yeah. And then, so. and then they also had to give us all the, the montages of her learning how to walk, going to like yes. debutante school or whatever with uh, yes. Amanda. Okay. So I want to talk about the director first, but then we're going to get into the differences in the montages and what they focused on and the break that Nikita has where she starts like, acting out versus what Maggie has and how different it is yeah. and how significant it is on who they are as a character. Okay. But first, the director. So, even though I watched Point of No Return first, we're going to go with Nikita first because in this, the director of Division, which I'm just going by what they call it in the new Nikita series. I don't know if they actually gave it a name in either movie, but Division, the operation that trains these uh, female assassins slash spies, the director is an old white guy and when he speaks to Bob about Nikita and her progress, he says she's doing terrible and she has two weeks to get it right. And there's nothing else. It's just that she's not been performing. We expect more. And he's given Bob a deadline. And that's it. And that is what it is. And it's nothing personal. You don't get anything other from him that he like doesn't like her as a person. Just like this is a business. Pretty much this is a business. She's underperforming. Either she gets better or she goes. And it makes sense. Versus the American version, mm. where it was skeevy, creepy, and just made me feel a little disgusting. First, the whole joke, like, you know, I still remember that joke about the freaking, the woman with the duck. Yes. And, like, just how it was completely unnecessary for the entire movie for him to just make a joke about calling a woman ugly and then she looks like a pig. And you're like, what was the entire purpose? Just make Why? it keep why? And you also talk to Bob about like, oh yeah, I know why you're in there because she's hot. And it's like, that had nothing to do with anything going on in the movie. Like, nothing whatsoever, except to just take a moment and objectify the female lead in this movie to show that that's what we're about here. We're all about objectifying women and that's how we roll. There are several times in my notes where I just write, what is the reason? <laughs> and I see like the Cardi B gif um, from whatever, like, Love and Hip Hop shows, she was just like, why is that reason? Like, that's what I was feeling through a lot of Point of No Return, because I just couldn't understand the why point they made it. behind yeah. these choices. Yeah, he yeah. was totally um, skeevy. He was a scumbag. Also, yeah. very young. Yes, yes. That was the other point I was going to make. And I was like, the casting decision to make him, like, the director of this division. He's younger than make- Bob. Yeah. And you're just like, and it's that American dream again, like middle-aged, thirty-year-old white man leading the leading the way, leading the charge. And has done well. I'll stop that comment where it was <laughs> gonna start. Because um, <laughs> I don't, don't know worry. that man. But don't worry, anybody who's listening to this podcast <laughs> is gonna be on the same ship. Anybody who wants to listen to a podcast about four separate movies and TV shows about female badasses. <laughs> probably not the kind of y'all know what i was gonna say um (laughs) so yeah that guy he was completely he could have not been there at all for all all i'm concerned because i don't even remember what og boss really looks like because his point in the movie was so small he was just there to move the plot along a bit yeah that's it he came in said his little lines and that's it Get her in shape. You got two weeks. That's it's a wrap. Not all. You got a joke. We gotta. I gotta come around a desk and stand in front of you and 
do this whole thing and say like little barbs here and there, totally unnecessary. But, you know, we, America. (laughs) So what about um, the montages? Okay, this is very important because when Maggie decides to go apeshit in Point of No Return and just starts lashing out, it feels like it makes no sense. Like the initial montages are similar enough I'm not going to go into them, which is the initial training, like practicing with the computer and then uh, the little bit of fighting. That was wild. That was wild, by the way. (laughs) Like watching them learn about a computer (laughs) and this is a mouse. That was, that was, that blew my mind. (laughs) So side note, I recently also got DC Universe and with it, I started re-looking at the old um, adventure, the new adventures of Lois and Clark. And that scene, there's a scene where Terry Hatcher has to start using a computer to do all of her um, typing and writing her writing her oh, story. Wow. And she is completely against the shift to computers. And at first, now I'm like, cool, what? And then I realized, like, oh, no. Th- when this came out, this was really a big deal. And people were like, nah. And it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it yeah. was totally wild. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But. Actually, speaking of which, that's one of the things I also noticed and completely didn't like once I saw the original Nikita, the set design. I didn't realize how much that played a part in how I viewed the movies until they tried that super 90s, like we're super high tech verb that they tried to make in Point of No Return. And it looked completely unnecessary compared to the subdued, very much looks like a real goddamn police station or government agency building. Right. And no frills. No frills. Like there's. Yes, I've been inside many a government building. Trust me, high tech and futuristic is never the layout <laughs> choice. <laughs> that has never been the decision. At least not in the ones I've been in. Yeah. The uh, who best who you can might speak get... for NASA? But <laughs> The best I've ever seen is that maybe they've painted in the last 15 years. Ooh. Maybe. Let me just say, I work in a brand new building and it's super fancy. I just want to throw that out there. I do not. <laughs> I work in a building where they had to kick us all out because the mold issue literally almost killed someone. Ooh. And they had been complaining for months, like, God, like a year before that. And they were still like, it's all right. But the building we moved from, which I did not see, everyone tells me it was like a prison. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. But side note, but like, it just felt, I guess, because I've been inside government buildings it felt way more genuine. Like, yeah, this yeah. is exactly what the government would train their recruits yeah. in. Like, Everything is super basic, like yeah. super basic. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that made more sense. The montage scenes, um, outside of the training scene, I mentioned before, the, the learning how to walk scenes, the amount of time they spent on etiquette training in yeah. Point of No Return, useless. Versus- like when I saw it in the other movie, it made complete more sense that that's not even remotely. And it also made more sense for her for her behavior throughout the rest of the movie because for Point of No Return, she had to have very much regressed to get to the point where she's acting in the rest of the movie after all of that goddamn etiquette training montage versus in Nikita, it makes sense that she's still a little unrefined because like, I know we're jumping ahead, but that kiss with the ravioli oh. from the can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I almost threw up. And I am not sensitive about that kind of stuff. But I was like, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. 
Like, so you know what? Let's fast forward. I don't think there's anything like. Oh wait. No, no, there is. There is. There's so, a does that, yeah, there's because I have that in caps. The yeah. ravioli okay. kiss. So let, like, so you finish, threw me yeah. off. Let's go. Let's finish yeah, let's with um. So the montage. My first point was that in Point of No Return, her entire issue is that she can't keep up with the etiquette at dinner, and she just goes crazy, and she starts acting out because she can't, like, you know, eat with a fork or cut the little duck or whatever it was versus and this is all the timing change in Nikita she just really wants to leave and she finally comes to realize that Bob is never gonna let her out and that's when she starts acting out when she realizes that she is trapped here and she has no idea how long and that's why she starts acting out which makes it is a much better decision for why she starts acting out than I couldn't eat the tiny duck with the fork I don't know how to use a knife and fork like it makes entire like in terms of characterization, it is actually a character choice versus just like we need to move the plot through this scene and right. which and I don't understand why you like you had the you had the blueprint. Why would you choose to like get rid of the characterization and just choose whatever? Fuck it. Like I don't I don't even know what that choice. Oh, she doesn't know how to eat at a table <laughs> without using her hand. And I it guess comes, it comes back to that lack of agency thing, where instead of her actually having a real realistic problem and acting out because she's facing a very tough and traumatic thing, they have her act out because she can't use a fork. And they both had the same start where she's like, oh, it's my birthday. Yeah. Coming up. Can I go outside? Yeah. You know, I, can I go? He's like, uh, no, you can't go outside. Right? So right up until then, we're on the same track. Yeah, beat for beat. <laughs> the same track. I want to go outside. My birthday's coming up. I can't go outside. No. Okay. Well, fuck all of this. But the way we are going to show it is uh, you can't eat with a knife and fork. Yeah. Okay. Fine. You can't eat with a knife and fork. Then you go to the scene where the director is like, you got X amount of time. You got six months versus you got two weeks to get her not well different. One, to get her in check. In two yeah. weeks, two to have her winning, I guess, in six months. In six I don't months. know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so understand. you Bob goes into her room slash cell. And the difference in, in the approach yeah. from OG Bob and new Bob is remarkable. Yeah, new Bob is super creepy. <laughs> like, like OG Bob has actual empathy for her. Yeah. You know, he's like, I get it. You're in, yeah, it's a fucked up situation, but it, this is what it is. And you're either going to deal with it or you're not, right? These are the choices. It is out of my hands now. New Bob, he comes in there like a bull. Like he's, he's more mad than anybody else that she might be about to die because she can't get her shit together with no um, understanding, no empathy or anything. For what is happening in this girl's life right now. Which, and I think the other thing is that in OG Nikita, they at least do a pan shot where you see another female trainee so they can really um, embrace this implication that this is, Nikita's not the first, she's not the last. There's a process to this. And that Nikita is actually the one failing in this process Mm -hmm. this time. But they do this, and so that's why they have a benchmark. In point of no return, you never even really get the idea that there's other people and that they have a system for this. It's just like, you suck and we don't know why. And you're like, 
you haven't really shown us that this world has a actual standard that you're working towards. Just I don't like her. Right. Like I like, and it's just a small thing that in Nikita they actually do show that other girl at the table eating, showing that she is another person going through this at the same time. Yeah. But, what was what was next? What came after? Did they fast forward then? To, no, she goes oh, to, she, and, right, 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 and right. point of no return. She goes and asks Amanda. I don't think her name is Amanda in point of no return, but I'm going to call her Amanda. Let's just call her Amanda. Yeah. yeah. So in she three goes, out of the four, let's say she's Amanda. Yes. yes. <laughs> so she goes to Amanda for help. And I did not like the way they shifted. Like I liked older, more restrained Amanda instead of like, while I believe the actress and I liked her and how she acted, I didn't like what they did with her character instead in Point of No Return. Right. Because she was angry. Like she was so aggressive. Yes. And like. For what? We already have that energy coming from other places. We don't need that energy coming from you. Maggie doesn't need that energy coming from you to get her to where you want her to go. Yeah, and we'll come back to her interactions with Amanda later, too, because that's another big point is that there's no later interactions in Nikita. And what they do in Point of No Return and later interactions, once again, agency stealing. Can you please help me? Mm. Just a little angry. Mm. But so she gets right without going specifically to Amanda for help, just going there and actually paying attention, not specifically begging for help to be better. Now she actually does it on her own. She recognizes she needs to get better. And she does it herself. She pays right. attention. She learns. And she gets better over the course of three years. <laughs> just throwing that out there again. One more time. Raising that flag up. Yeah. Mission ready in three yes. years versus yes. six months. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then I also like the transition. How in OG Nikita, the transition happens when she sits down at the dressing table and is in front of the mirror and is putting on her lipstick and then it dissolves into into three years later and she has a full face of makeup and that is indicative of the character change that she has gone through versus in point of no return she walks downstairs and is speaking french i the lack of artistry (laughs) like like they just decided wow here's a super simple but effective way to show how one she has changed and two to move the story forward in time and we don't even have to change the frame in order to do it so simple so artistic but no they were like you know what um I'm going to go the other way. You know, the guy who directed um, A Point of Return also directed Short Circuit, which is wild. That's so weird. I love Short Circuit. (laughs) Which, like, that's what I'm going to pause and say. Normally, we're not so critical of movies, but when doing a direct comparison, it's hard not, like, especially when the quality difference is so vast, it's very difficult not to sound hypercritical. A lot of it is shot for shot. So it's like the choices that you decided not to do shot for shot are, it's weird why you would make those specific choices when it counts to not do shot for shot, but everything else you're doing, you're just doing exactly what Lucasan did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're like, no, I have to make it my own. Okay, sure. Maybe go better. At least stay even. 
Like, at least they even. Like. Oh, so now she's going on her first mission. Baby's all grown up. And uh, she's going out to the to the dinner. She thinks it's going to be something, you know, nice. That's important, too, because in Point of No Return, it came across as romantic. Mm. In Nikita, it came across as her friends taking her out for her birthday, and she appreciates it. Right. And there's no sexual tension, romantic energy. It's, oh, this is you, my friend, doing a nice thing for me. Yeah. And in Point of No Return, like, and it's, I don't understand the choice to add the oh. sexual tension because it was so disgusting. It Pe- was creepiness so is still on its way. It's still coming. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A few but, scenes away, but it's it's imminent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Ugh. And so the whole dinner <laughs> set up like point of no return. Bob takes such a more aggressive stance and telling what to do, while Nikita Bob is so much more restrained and mellow about the entire thing. Like just the, I remember one of the things I noted down in my notes was the way. Nikita Bob said it like, oh, please wait for me to leave before you start versus the command given by Point of No Return Bob to wait until I'm gone. And it's just such a small thing, but it's just like, hey, you just took this chick out for her birthday, took her to a nice restaurant to tell her like, you're going to murder someone by yourself and uh, wish you the best deuces. Like, there's no need to be an ass about it. Like, yeah. So just that little moment caught me. And then um, he gives her her present. Which is a big gun. Yeah. Which just to say, also say, like, in both movies, they chose a ginormous gun for this, like, 120-pound woman. Like, like, I'm just saying, they've had, like, 9 millimeter Berettas for a while now. Like, <laughs> like I shot a big gun. I'm a big dude. That hurts. Mm. <laughs> like, no need. But I've seen quite a few women um, rocking big guns. Uh, in law enforcement. Yeah, I've seen it. I like they, I don't know. Maybe they, they just want to compensate. Maybe I don't know. My point is just like this is just completely off base from both movies. Both movies made the same choice, but I've always felt that James Bond carrying a Walter made more sense because he's like, I'm a spy. I don't need to carry like you know a Desert Eagle. Like he's like, I'm efficient with my gun. Or so this is gonna sound kind of terrible, but. I once had a professor um, and he had been uh, in law enforcement for like 30 years. Before that, he had been a soldier. He had been in um, combat. He'd been in Vietnam. And somebody was asking him about what kind of gun to buy. He was like, oh, well, I'm going to buy this new um, 380 uh, caliber pistol, which is, you know, smaller than a nine millimeter, really small. Someone's like, oh, but, you know, I've heard that 380s don't really have the stopping power. And then this combat veteran says some shit that left me like, oh. And he was like, everybody stops if you shoot him in the head. And I was like, so real life, kind of scary. But in terms of the movie, I feel like that's why you don't give them a big gun to show that they're efficient with their weapon. Right. They don't need big blasting power. It's like, you just need like, aim. Yeah. It's like, I'm capable. So I don't need, you know, a big 45. And I've heard all the arguments about bullets, Lance off or whatever. No, the whole point of this scene is so she's a badass. Give her a pistol, poof, you know. Oh, wait a like, minute. What were the differences between. OG at the shooting range and Maggie at the shooting range. Did Maggie have a oh, shooting yes. range? Yes, she did. And in Maggie's shooting range, she just shot everybody, civilians and villains alike. Right. While OG Nikita was a badass, picks up the gun while the guy's still giving directions and blows the target away. And he's like, You've used that before? She's like, Not on not paper on targets. Not on paper targets. Yes. yes. 
that was a that is an important thug life moment. Not on paper targets. Once again, so simple, so effective. <laughs> Versus because they're trying to get to the same point is that she doesn't actually value life, the life of others. She does not value life. There's no good, bad, whatever. Right. So same flippant. Yeah, I've used a gun before, just not on paper. So I'm good at it, but whatever. Because I shoot at heads. <laughs> um, Maggie, you have to go through this whole thing of a training exercise and don't shoot the good guys. She only shoot the bad guy and she shoots everybody. She shoots the cops, shoots the grandma, shoots the kids, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, and that scene, seen that scene a million times before. Yeah. So I don't know if I've seen it a million times before point in return i do know i've seen it a million times since so that's interesting i did you know side side note to that i did read an article once many many years ago that said the femme nikita the television show does not get the credit it deserves um for ushering in so you know that's its style of television that there are so many shows that you can trace the style of story and TV back to La Femme Nikita. And but we'll get into that when we we talk about the show. We talk about the show. Just a little preview of things to come. So okay, so she does she's in the restaurant, she's uh having her first mission, she does the mission, and then Bob told her, go to the side window. Yeah, Yeah. men's room, small window you can fit out of brick scene. Same scene, so that's fine. Yeah. One thing I thought was different is that for the most part, one, before we get to the last part of that, the rocket launcher in both scenes I thought Listen, was ridiculous. You're dead. But they did it in both movies. But you're like dead. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, did you just shoot a rocket across the kitchen? I was like, everybody's gone. Yeah. Like, like everybody no, lost that. You didn't just make it into the laundry chute uh or garbage chute. Yeah. Yes, that's very what I was specific about the difference. difference. Very different. Yes, that's what I wrote down in my notes. Like, beauty never tarnished in America, and France is just like, no, she's a badass, and she makes decisions and rolls with them. Yeah. And just, yes. Yeah. 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 She's a killer. It's okay if she falls into it's a bin great. of garbage. Yeah. Because yeah. actually, she's kind of a garbage human because she's a killer. Yeah. She was a killer then, you know, because she was on drugs. Now she's a killer for service and service of the government. But she's still a killer. So, yeah. yeah, she fell into a bin of trash. Not Maggie. Maggie fell into a lovely, soft, used towel. you know, linens, white linen. Yeah. Um, probably still smelling fresh even, you know, yeah. and just gently rolled over and then yeah. left the yeah. scene. While Nikita fell into trash in the gutter. And yeah. rolled into the gutter and, fight. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Important difference, but. There, there we have it. Anything else you want to talk about in that scene? Um, no, I think we got to move ahead because I know there's some little things about their confrontations with their bobs once they get back about the scene, but I kind of feel like there's they're... the big thing though that we need to talk about. Okay. The the kiss. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So Nikita and Maggie are big mad, and they run back to. Um, uh, division, we'll call it. They called yeah. it. They call it division in Nikita, the series. 
and it's called Section One in La Femme Nikita. Um, so they, she runs back there and she goes inside and there's Bob waiting for her. Just, you know, nonchalant. Both Bobs are nonchalant when she yeah. comes in the door. But the energy when they start talking is different. It's different. Point of no return, Bob, always mad. <laughs> Why are you mad? You just left her in a precarious situation. Yes, that was the mission, certainly, but it's still just your job. So why are you mad about the fact that yeah. she's mad? Her being mad is a legitimate response. <laughs> yeah. The shit like, that just went down. Like, they just tried to murder me on your orders. Right, right. So she comes in, they have an argument. Um, she starts to try to beat him up, uh, which is always very interesting that she's always trying not that she's always trying to physically fight him but that he's always getting beat up by her and yeah, that's, that's a choice right. that gets made in both movies yes that's right because that early scene with the with her trying to escape hitting him with the chair and mm-hmm. um, that which that scene where he shoots from the leg in both movies i felt was a very good choice and very interesting just to show like it goes to show how he is willing to treat her it's that like no i'm totally willing to hurt you to make this work Right. And like, I think that was good. They left it the same. Um, I did complain about that. Never have the, the difference in how they worded the line about um, what was it? I got it in my notes here, actually. Um, never chamber the first round as a person like, yes, you chamber the goddamn first round. If you could, if you can still carry. Sorry. Like it worked out for the movie, <laughs> but I just I just hated that line. I was like, that's the, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But OK, <laughs> like it worked out for the movie, but that's a right. Dumb line. So they're arguing and Bob is like, no, it's because we're releasing you. Like this was your test mission or whatever. And now you're, you get to go live outside. And then he kisses her. And it's disgusting. In Point of No Return, it's disgusting. Like it's creepy. It's Weinstein-y. Is that, can we call it that? It's Weinstein. At this point, he's been sentenced, so yeah, we can acknowledge that, you know. Yeah. Um, and he like slobbers all over her, and and then she slaps him or something, and she's like, That's the last time you'll ever kiss me. Now, they both have the same line. Yeah. Do you remember how it went down in OG? Yeah, she kisses him softly, like that's the last, yeah. I'm, I'm looking them up now because I bought both of them so I can watch them multiple times. So you're I'm looking, looking at the scene. You're looking, looking at, at the scene, scene right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, since we are recording, you still have to talk. You can't, yeah. no, no. <laughs> you can't just stop. I'm looking at the scene right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, what I was saying is that I'm looking at the difference to discuss them. Yeah. But yeah, so like, yeah, in Nikita, she chooses to kiss him. And it's this soft, quick thing, and she uses it. You can tell it's an emphasis that you'll never kiss me again. Like, that, yes, we, we will be able to work together after this, but I want you to know that this is a line. Like, you just, you set me up to die as a training. And, yeah, I respect that that's what you had to do, but now I fully understand our relationship. Yeah. Uh, and and there was nothing to- at all sexual between them yeah. in yeah. OG before that moment you could always tell that he had a soft spot for nikita but he never ever crossed that line whereas bob you could tell 
that he was lusting after her the entire time. And that was nowhere where her frame of mind was. She's just trying to survive. And this guy wants to have sex with her the entire time. And then he forces this really aggressive and gross kiss on her. Like, it was really very rapey, honestly. Like, he obviously, he didn't rape her. But it was like, I could see it going a different way in another scenario. Just the energy around it. And then it was awful. I hated that. I hated it. (laughs) Hated it. Um, So then she's released into the world and she doesn't know how to shop yeah sure which that's what i was saying about the etiquette training thing doesn't make sense because in nikita then fine i'm a little while there but in point of no return where you have all this i know how to walk i know how to talk i can speak french and you don't recognize the social awkwardness of an entire grocery cart full of ravioli doesn't jive with your training montage i don't understand the ravioli and here's why. Because if, let's say you've lived such a life that you have never been in a grocery store in America, you've never been in a store that sells canned goods in your life, I find that really, really yeah. hard to believe. It was, it was a, like, I thought in both movies it was a weird scene, but like, but then, moments, yeah. I'm sorry, then the ravioli in particular, because I'm assuming if you've reached adulthood and you don't know how to use a knife and a fork and appropriately, and you don't know how to like shop and stuff like that, I'm assuming you didn't have money. And if you didn't have money, you know what you were most likely eating? Stuff from a can. Yeah. Yeah. You were eating ravioli. <laughs> as a kid you were eating you were on that chef boyardee so it doesn't really try the ravioli is just a very specific choice that i just was like but why why ravioli of all things because so we could set up this disgusting kiss that happens but we'll get there Okay. okay so now my point because this is where i first had my first big moment where i was like oh i don't like this which is the meet you between the love interest so in the French movie, she has all of this stuff because, as we said, she did not have a shop. So she just followed a nice lady around and whatever she got, she grabbed a whole bunch of. In, the, in OG Nikita, she puts everything on the cart and the clerk is telling us, like, hey, my cart's broken. This is going to go slow. Are you in a rush? It's like, no, I've got nothing to do. And then they start talking while he's trying to ring stuff up with his slow working cart. And it's a very nice, sweet meet you. Mm-hmm. In Point of No Return, She's trying, walking up, and she drops some cans. And the guy who was her landlord who just sold her apartment because they decided to combine the roles in this, he picks it up, and then he starts teasing her, which I would have been like, okay, fine. But then he makes this line where he's like, oh, it must be really awkward having someone go through all your stuff. And I remember thinking, like, you are an asshole. Like, he acknowledges the fact that having someone go through your groceries and judge you for it must make you feel awkward. And Maggie's line is like, oh, you know, I don't get embarrassed ever. But the whole point is that that's how they start their relationship with him making fun of her. Yeah. And the only reason she can deal with it is because she's just kind of broken as a person. And just <laughs> that difference in start versus a light co- conversation because it's taking a long time to bag up the groceries versus I'm going to tease you about your social awkwardness. 
Yeah. Is a completely different jump point for a relationship. And then they follow those rails completely because. Yep. That's exactly right. <laughs> Nikita's Marco is the sweetest, nicest person. Love that the guy. entire movie. I love and, Marco. Yes. And so like we get that first initial point. But the next big one that really got me. Wait, hold that, on. Dylan McDermott. When I saw him in this movie. I was like, oh, shit, look at this young Dylan McDermott. This movie really was a long time ago. For me, that his young face <laughs> is what, like, made a light bulb go off in my head that, yeah, this was almost 30 years ago at this point, this movie. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> so, continue. Yeah. So, like, Marco was the sweetest guy, but Dylan McDermott, and I just remember this is, like, when they start running up into the fact that Maggie or Nikita is very cagey about her past and doesn't want to talk about it. Um, they have completely different reactions. And me and you have talked about this in freaking um, Once Upon a Time, where if you don't know the premise behind it, there are certain conclusions you can draw. And Once Upon a Time, I used to joke that if Henry is going around saying that his stepmother is the evil queen, your assumption isn't that, oh, ha, 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 he's cute. It's that he's being abused. Based on the information given, you don't believe in a fairy tale world. The conclusions based on the information you're given is that this kid's abused and that's what you should be acting at. In this case, Maggie being cagey about her past should not indicate like, oh, she's a super spy. <laughs> what you should be pulling from that is that it was probably something horrifying yep. and traumatic. And Marco and Nikita recognizes that and addresses that exact issue. He's like, I understand it might be something that hurts you, but not knowing makes me assume the worst. And I want to be able to be here for yes. you if it's the worst. I, and he says it like that, and it's so sweet it, and caring uh, and kind that he's just like, I just want to know so I don't have to be scared because even the worst would be better than the things I can imagine, and I just want to be able to be here for it. Yeah. Versus the angry <laughs> Dylan McDermott who's just like, why don't you talk about yourself more and just does not acknowledge the possibility that maybe it's traumatic. It's trauma. <laughs> yeah. And why don't you tell me about your trauma in detail? So, I mean, yeah, you, you hit it. You hit it on the nail. That right there is the difference between those two characters. Yeah. And like, and the decision to make Dylan McDermott that character and not give him that sympathy is just, why? What is the purpose? Like, like you were saying. You like, had a whole entire script already written. That won awards. That won a whole entire awards. dialogue already there. You literally didn't actually have to do any work. But the work you chose was like, let's degrade this character. Yeah. Let's let's make him a little bit less sympathetic, a little bit less human, a little bit less. Now, I will say this. A route, if they had been bolder, but that's not the story they were telling. So understandable. And I don't mean that shady. I mean, just what I'm about to say. Like a person like Nikita would fall for a guy like Dylan McDermott. Yeah. Right? But a worse a worse version of him. Yeah. Like he's yeah. a he's like a pale. Yeah, he's a pale imitation you know? of what if yeah. the story they were yeah. That, but yeah. like you said, that's not the story they're trying to tell. But yes, yeah, that would that would have been a more honest choice if they would have just leaned into it completely. But like it's the same problem. Like you decided to half step. I was like, so you just made the you chose the worst of all possible realms. Yes. Like, Maybe they had focus groups. <laughs> it seems like something, I don't know, when they talk about focus groups, it seems like something a focus group. Like, no, the focus group didn't like it. So now we're just going to go the middle road. We're just going to keep, always the gonna worst go down decision. the middle lane. The middle lane is always the worst decision. But yeah. yeah. So, so 
what happens next they they have their whole relationship starts to grow and they fall in love and whatever and it's really sweet in the french movie yes it is it is so two things so first is um the first mission and how it's portrayed versus yes okay because in point of no return when she goes to that hotel it is completely clear that it is disrespectful and setting her up to have absolutely no agency. That no point in time, every time she has to ask me, what am I supposed to do? And they're so derogatory and telling her. Yep. And you're like, she's your like assassin. Like she's part of the team. While in the French movie, she's part of the team. And like, yes, she doesn't know everything's going on, but they're willing to just talk to her like she's a part of the team who just got right. there. No shame. And the, it's the like, difference... what do I do? Um, get dressed? And okay, cool. Here. And wait here. What do I do? Oh, get dressed. Like, this is the line reading. Yes, yes. And you're like, what is the purpose for that? Like, why are you, like... like why is she trash? Yes. I mean, I know I said and, she was a trash human earlier, but this is a different kind like, of trash. It, yes, like, but, why is she yes. trash to you? You yes. know? Like, and, y'all and all went through the book. same training. Y'all all work for the same agency. Y'all all know what this bullshit is. You can't yes. leave. And then, two, this is one of my big points, my big pet peeves about this entire genre. Why are you pissing off train killers? Like, why are you starting shit with train killers? Like, I mean, I'm, they're all train killers, right? I get it, but like, you know, like it still seems a little reckless. Like, it seems uh, unnecessary. But uh, I'll say they're colleagues, so yeah. I don't start shit with my colleagues. But on TV people, and film, yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I just it was just felt so unnecessary for like the scene, and it's like let's just do some work and then go home, dog. Right? Like, why are right. we doing the most? All this like antagonism yeah. and then doesn't two, need to most, happen. Most importantly, and Nikita, she drops everything off and leaves and never knows what happens and nothing Wait, goes off. Before we get to that point, can we talk about the difference in the setup? Right? So the she's doing this mission, she has to take room service up to this room. Okay. The people call to room service, okay, we take your order. In point of no return, it's like a really quick, okay, let me screw this fake bottom on. You know, they're putting yeah. um, explosives into the room service tray yeah. or whatever in the cups and stuff like that. Let me yeah. just screw this detonator here. The, you don't actually get to see the tray. The guy is bringing whatever he's using up into the frame. Let me screw this on here, put that back down. Let me pick something else up, put that in here, put that back down. I'll give you the tray and you go off. In OG, it's a whole setup. setup. And there's nothing happening for like a minute except the art of this man building a bomb into this service tray. Yeah. And this the pieces that he keeps taking and moving, put this back, do this, do this, do this, this. It's such a dance that he has going on, and that's all they focus on. And because that's all they focus on. You know what you don't need to show? A big ass explosion. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. Because they did the work so simply in that moment right there. Yeah. And it also, you know, goes to what happens after the bomb. Yeah. Right? Because so we in America, we have to see the big explosion so that now Maggie can be like, oh my God, dang, it's an explosion. It's yeah. so horrible. Now I have a conscience all of a sudden and I feel bad. Nikita is not about that life. Nikita yeah, does not care. Yeah, she left and didn't even acknowledge what might have happened. It's not something she saw in the news. It was 
I drop a tea service, and she has a great date afterwards with yes. her boyfriend. And totally <laughs> irrelevant to her life. She yeah. checked in, she checked out. And oh, that- side note, this is totally off of, totally out of place of what we were talking, but I don't like how they use Nina Simone in Point in a Return. Oh, Nina yeah. didn't ask for that. <laughs> Nina Simone did not ask for this. Okay. <laughs> I, obviously, somebody gave the permission. Uh, we're gonna no, get I into don't that. like it. Okay. We're gonna get, we're gonna get into that next little point of fucking low key racism okay. where that scene where, you know, in OG Nikita, they go to Venice and Point of No Return, they go to New Orleans. Oh, of course they do. And we'll talk about that. Yeah, because this is going to be a very long episode, and I promise the no, I don't promise that the yeah, other episodes that won't be super long. But we are going to really try in the future to keep the episodes to like an hour. This is two movies, and we have right. to talk about two whole. Got to go through it, and it's the setup for everything yeah. else that comes. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so before we get to the trip, the different way that Bob gets invited to dinner once again an agency issue. Because both boyfriends, Marco and um, Dylan McDermott, both questioned, like, hey, you know, you never had anyone over here. In OG Nikita, she gets a chance to talk to Bob and enjoys talking to Bob and invites Bob over as her friend mm-hmm. of her own free will and volition because she's like, oh, you're my friend. I want you to see how happy I am. Yep. In Point of No Return, it is, I have to come over and meet him because I need to know him. And she's yeah. just like, well, invite me over. Just invite me over. Commanding and over like, and over again, he says it. And you're just like, what? Like, what is, why make that change again except to take agency from the character? Like, that's the only purpose that line serves. Especially when you are copying this template scene for scene and you decide to change that. Yeah. I mean, they're so, consistent. Yes, they've chosen to take <laughs> agency. That's what I said. That's said that once watching both movies, that's what I recognized they decided to do. Yeah. was to take agency from Maggie versus Nikita and just double down on that decision at every change they made. Yeah. And that's what they did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then they're then, at dinner. And, and one is a lovely dinner. Yes, and the other one is super creepy with two dudes fighting over a chick. And it was so awkward yeah. and unnecessary. And so in this case, I don't like the Dylan McDermott character, but him recognizing the way Bob is treating his niece is fucking like completely valid to be like how old are you again like first of all the way he looked at her the way bob looks at maggie when as her uncle when (laughs) he comes to the house already alarm bells are going off if i'm dylan mcdermott lord knows i don't know what that man's name was in this movie but (laughs) oh no no, dylan Dylan mcdermott McDermott. i don't know what his name was in yeah but but if i'm dylan mcdermott and i'm looking at uncle bob look at his niece (laughs) Like he wants to fuck her. I have some concern, and also you haven't told me anything about yourself, so now my concerns are. Yeah, like I'm now I understand why you're worried talk. about your life growing up. Yeah, and who like, have what predators this have we invited into our home? Yeah, so like, yeah, and the entire dinner is creepy, rapey, and it's amazing because they took the same scene where both Uncle Bob's create a childhood for Maggie and Nikita. And in Nikita, it is sweet, kind, caring, and Nikita enjoys it, cuddles up to, you know, uh, Marco, and enjoys this fictionalized account of her childhood and embraces it. Mm-hmm. And in <laughs> Point of No Return, she's just like, crap, these are some more lies I got to keep up. And they don't go with the lies I've already told. This guy screwing me up. No, but she also yells at Dylan McDermott. Yes. Right? Like he, because, and that didn't happen in, in OG yes, Nikita. Because Dylan McDermott starts asking 
Like, no, they, I think they both did. They both started they, asking Bob right, but she about didn't her yell. History. She didn't yell. And then she blows her own cover. That's right. Right. And then, right. yeah, then Bob from Twitter. It was really out. awkward. He's like, why do you keep asking me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, she starts yeah. freaking out. And he had just asked a simple question. Yes, he had been asking it a bunch of times, but she starts freaking out and then blows her cover. Yeah. That, why? Yeah. No need. What was the reason? Yeah. Again, then, what was the reason? So then so. Uncle Bob is like, also, I'm a travel agent. Yeah. And I got you these tickets. I'm going to be honest. I checked out during this scene in Point of No Return. Um, after she, when he started telling her, her childhood story, my brain was like, nah, I don't want it. And yeah, I, I, I checked out of it uh, and came back when he you know, towards the end where he's like, I'm a travel agent. I didn't even hear where they were going <laughs> until I saw Yeah. in the yeah. next scene. Okay. They were so, in Nola. Yeah. So completely unnecessary add-on that was not in the original movie at all. They are, instead of in Venice this time, they're in, as we said, Nola, and they're in Mardi Gras. And when they're leaving Which Bourbon part? Street, what's, what's, I mean, are you going to say that the upcoming altercation was the unnecessary add-on or something yes. else the unnecessary okay the, the unnecessary altercation okay that gotcha. they added in yeah so in point of no return they're leaving bourbon street and they're cutting through a side alley i guess to get back to the hotel and they are accosted by some ne'er-do-wells <laughs> and the choice to add this scene and make said ne'er-do-wells black only one of them was black that doesn't had, make it better. I'm just, yeah. you know, for accuracy's sake. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> You're valid. But the person who was talking and making yeah. the threats was the Black person. With a horrendous accent. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> horrendous. Just to say, we've both been in NOLA. I've met people who might speak some Creole. Did you know that, for the most part, they sound like they're Americans? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy that these people in America sound like they're from America. Woo! Wow, not this black guy from yeah. whatever part of secret part of New Orleans he's from. <laughs> I don't know, but he, they're like, yo, we're totally going to rob you. Why? Like, Which, they were literally just sitting there minding their business. <laughs> like, then, two, nothing was going on. A side street off Bourbon Street. Like, I've been to Bourbon Street. Yeah. Did you know that there are cops everywhere because yeah. it's Bourbon Street? Like, yeah. Now, let me say this. I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay, this was 1993. The first time I was on Bourbon Street was in the early 2000s. I don't know how New Orleans in the French Quarter was in uh, during, you know, the early 90s. Because um, Lord knows if it was anything like where we're from, Miami, then not a great place. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't like, say, but I will say this, was... because it's Bourbon Street. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's like, always been a tourist trap. <laughs> like, not all parts of Miami have always been tourist traps, but the parts that have always been tourist traps have mm-hmm. always had a bunch of cops. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, you can wander into the wrong area off a of tourist trap in Miami yeah. and be Real in quick. a terrible place. End up, yeah, like, called heaven. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll talk about some of the great stories I've heard about people telling me, like, what is this nice homeless guy told me, like, hey, did you want to come meet some of my friends? And so I followed him in the overtown oh. into a building. Oh, that's God. a real story someone told me. Oh, and then they were surprised and about what they happened. Lived they to live to tell you. That's amazing. But wow, um, they came out like wearing just boxes or something crazy like that. Like oh. and you're like, and you're like, <laughs> like, I'm happy this is a funny story. <laughs> this story could have went 
whole other direction. Wow. Okay. You can be on first 48. <laughs> you know, they like to stay in Miami. <laughs> um, so yeah, these uh, criminals just randomly decide that they are going to attack them for no, like literally for no reason. Like they weren't actually looking to rob anybody. Like they weren't out on the street. Like they were Violence. just sitting, chilling, minding their business. And then they see these two people walk by, hey, give me your money. What? <laughs> And so the thing that makes me angry is that this is the only agency they give Maggie in the movie. Is they let yep. her, she lets her kick ass. So and I'm so conflicted about how I feel is that the only agency you can have as a woman is if it's over a black person. Like that's, that's the decision we're, we're willing to make. Yep. You like, said it. And talk about the other person that gets killed later on in the movie. Yes. Shout out to Lorraine Toussaint. Yep. Uh, bring that up too. <laughs> so yeah, she gets to like you know show off her fighting skills so who needs that who is this for it's for dylan mcdermott but why why it adds nothing to in fact in fact it makes it more difficult for her to maintain her cover because like why are you suddenly a ninja like like, like, don't you work at a computer company yeah it's like oh i took i took a single self-defense class once 10 years ago girl you don't know how to grocery shop all you when I met you, all you were eating. Oh, we sure did skip over the ravioli kiss, didn't we? Do we really need to talk about it? Because it's so disgusting. <laughs> it's so disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we don't need to talk about it. It's just yeah. horribly gross. Um, it's it's like they tried to recreate the lady and the mm. tramp kiss with the <laughs> with ravioli. They did with a piece of ravioli, <laughs> and it was disgusting. But also, can I just point out the ravioli on their plates didn't make sense for ravioli that came out of a can. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, like they like like they poured the sauce separately and right, yeah. right. It was, it was just very- ravioli with sauce poured on top. I'm like, that's not how ravioli from a can. Yeah, ravioli from a can works. But okay, so yeah, so they have their little altercation. She beats up the black man with the bad, bad uh, New Orleans accent, and then they go into their nice room. And she gets her little phone call. Oops, tricked ya. It's a mission. Yeah. So now, you know, this scene, as far as Maggie versus Nikita, as far as their actions are concerned, pretty point pretty for point. Thing. But boyfriends are doing different shit. Oof. They're coming from thing. different places in yeah. their hearts, in their souls. Uh, Marco, so sincere. Like, and you get to see, like, really where he's coming from. Like, even he himself, he's like, I can't believe I'm about to do this right now, but I feel this moment, and I'm just going to lay my heart on the line. Like, that's what we're going to do. And it's just, it's so nice. Uh, Dylan McDermott, I don't even know what he said, to be honest. He proposed. It was like. He decided decided that the best time to propose to her, because that's another difference. Yeah. And and original Nikita, they're already engaged prior to going on this trip together. Marco and, was just sharing his heart. Yeah. He's just talking to her about what we were discussing earlier about the whole issue of like, I know that you might have come in your past, but not knowing makes me so scared. And I want to know so I don't have to be scared for you. And like, I just love you. And no matter what it is, we can get through it. And I just want you to know that no matter what I care versus Dylan McDermott deciding that I'm going to propose to you through a door, through a door while you're in the bathroom. While you were already obviously going through some emotional stuff, because that's why you just ran out of us about to have sex. And you're not responding. And I'm going to get mad that you're having, obviously, an emotional moment to me proposing to you through a door 
while you were already feeling some type of way. It's the worst. And he's the worst. I can't stand Dylan McDermott in this movie. Yeah. Um. So he's doing his proposal. It backfires because she's having a whole moment trying to like kill some lady coming out of a door or window. Which is a terrible mission that they were like, oh, I don't know who are you going to be shooting or when you're going to be shooting, and like I was like, what are you like? This is a terrible setup for like the whole mission. We just know somebody got to die and they come out this door. We'll let you know two seconds before they come out who it actually is. Yeah. Okay, sure, guys. Um, you work on your intel a little bit. So, real. <laughs> so that happens and now they're in... How did they resolve that? I don't remember. Um, after she manages to make the shoot, she drops the gun into the bathtub in both. Right. And then the boyfriends come in and in... In Point of No Return, she starts talking about how she has a dark past and she mm. doesn't want to relive it. And she doesn't want to talk about it. And Dylan McDermott doesn't just gracefully accept. He says, I'll allow that for now. Mm. And really emphasizes the for now. Versus Nikita, where um, he gets mad that she wouldn't open the door and they end up, I think they talk it out and they come to terms. I don't remember exactly how. Yeah. Like it was a lot, so- it was a lot softer of a scene. I remember. Yeah. So then they're back in... Um you know, their home base. They different confrontations with Bob, completely different. Oh, what happens with Bob next? So in Point of No Return, she goes and finds an angry lashing out. But in uh, Nikita, she goes to where she's having um, dinner with him. And this is where it go, this is where the two movies go completely different because um, this is where she gets the last mission from Bob, from both Bob. And in Nikita, she acknowledges that like oh two missions at once and just kind of laughs like oh you know we're always staying busy he's like you got three much she's like okay i'll put together my team and get to work and then point of no return this is when she decides she doesn't want to do it anymore oh right she, right 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 and it's okay. a complete yeah this is where like i say yes. all the agency gets completely stripped yes. away from Meg. yes because he's like this is she's like i want to get out and which is stupid i will yeah. say this nikita um point of no return bob when he's like, well, girl, what are you talking about? Like, that's not what he said, but he's yeah, like, the- have you not been listening? There's no get out. Like, this is not, that's not what we do here. Why does it, why hasn't this like settled in your brain? And her complete, you know, inability to take that in, like, what does she think is happening here? Yeah. You, oh, you quit. You can't quit. It's called <laughs> death. You do this job or they kill you. That's it. Why do they keep having to explain this to you? Get canceled. Row 30, plot 12, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Why do they keep having to explain this to you? And why do like why do you keep just you, I'm like, I'm gonna push forward on this yeah. path. So and when so, she decides to take some agency, though, right? It's yeah. all in the wrong direction. Yeah. Ba- it, like, like it makes no sense whatsoever. And it's so different from the original. Because in the original, Nikita takes pride in her job and she's like really setting up this job and like proud of like setting it up. While Maggie decides to go to Amanda and ask, oh, has anyone ever gotten out? And then she throws out the folder and asks, and asks Amanda not to tell on her. And so Bob shows back up like, here's a copy of that folder. Amanda said you dropped it when you left. And he's like, you don't put Amanda in danger. Like, it's so stupid. It doesn't like, okay, if you decide that you're going to somehow get away, why would you leave the folder there? Yeah. In front of someone who is not on your side. Yeah. Like you just had you learned that's but you know why? Because she only has six months of training, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no she doesn't really know. She doesn't yeah. know how to be 
uh, a spy, yeah. you know. So, so yeah. yeah. So and this, missions. The difference between these final missions. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. And like how they go wrong, because that's really important to me. Because in Point of No Return, it goes wrong because they made a mistake and they thought that this lady drinks this tea that she doesn't drink, and that was a bad on them. And Nikita, it goes wrong. Hold on, why did it go wrong? Oh, because they found out their intel from the people above them is like, hey, it turns out he changed the password and we don't have it. So we're sitting yeah. in a cleaner. And so it was completely not her. Her part of the mission had gone perfectly fine, done everything well. Right. We also have to get back to the last, the difference in the partner's death in this, which is in Nikita, they bring in the cleaner who is like Leon, the assassin from uh, Luc Besson's other movie. Mm-hmm. Love that. Looks like he was playing the same damn character. But um, they bring him in and just, both cleaners are just unnecessary murder machines. I was like, you're not actually cleaning. Like, you are the messiest cleaner I've ever seen. Like, both I, of them. I mean, yeah, cleaners are d- supposed to be efficient, <laughs> first off. But what really bugged me about the second, no, about the Nikita cleaner is toward the end where he's like, no, we're going to finish this mission. Yeah, and you're and like... the reason why everything got so extraordinarily screwed up, the reason why he died in the end is because he made a horrible decision. Like, he thought he was going to take on a whole-ass embassy. Embassy. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, I was like you have a pistol. Oh, like, yeah. You have seven shots. They have machine guns. And it's, yeah. it's a whole embassy. Like, you can't finish this mission. Get in your car and go. Like, that's what you have to do now. Yeah, that's why. So that was my biggest problem with yeah. the, with him as but, the cleaner. But both cleaners, hella messy. They're just yeah. like, you know, yeah. uh, just shooting people all willy nilly everywhere. I was like, bro, like, hello, so, pop. Hey, yeah. pop, move your pop. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So now let's get into the degree. So in Nikita, once you come upon the fly, and they decide they're gonna bring in bring in a cleaner, they bring in Leon. And the reason Leon decides to kill Nikita's partner in this is because Nikita's partner starts getting hysterical acting crazy and then shoots at leon right. first and shoots him and leon shoots him back because like hey you just shot me and i feel that's a completely fair rule if Valid. you shoot me i'm allowed to shoot you back right like totally fair while in point of the return the Her partner yeah, lorraine Toussaint. yeah who has been og they're doing great they discussed the problem they decided to bring in a cleaner and then just while he starts murdering people She's like, what the hell? And he just shoots her. And you're like, yeah. hold on, what? What? She did start to get a bit hysterical, but she hadn't made any the, aggressive yeah. action. And then two, the reason she got hysterical is in both cases, they weren't supposed to kill the first target. Right. And so when he starts pouring the ass on him and they start screaming, he's like, oh, you didn't kill him. And so in both cases, and both like, they're still alive. Yeah. When you start pouring the acid on him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they will start moving all in the tub because you're pouring acid on an alive individual. <laughs> yes. That's, and, yeah, you, a freak out is right on target at that yeah, point. And he's like, oh, I can't believe you didn't kill him. And she was like, the mission specifically stated, don't kill these people that you're in the process of killing now, by the way. Like, and then he's mad that she's like, why are you killing this chick? The mission said not to kill her. Like, if you're cleaning, why are you complicating this? Like, yeah. like we chose not to kill her for a reason. She's still completely unconscious and doesn't know what's going on. What's the point of killing her? Yeah. Cleaners in both shows, I think, are portrayed. I mean, uh, to be fair, they have a lot more time. Yeah. You know, to flesh out what a cleaner actually is and does. So, but in this case, 
the cleaner comes in, starts throwing acid around, kills Lorraine Toussaint, kills um, whoever the other guy uh, was. Um, and then they decide to go in Nikita, they decide to continue the mission. Yeah, and, and so they go to the, they drive over to the embassy, and now Nikita is dressed as this man who was the initial target. Yeah, which who was, is, I yeah, mean, she's actually doing good. It, she's actually doing. It's ridiculous, but in it, terms of the movie, she's yeah, working. it it works. Like she makes yeah. it work, but I love yeah. how nervous she is. Yeah, about it, and yeah. that you know she's like, oh shit, this is some bullshit. Like y'all got to do it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I don't know if this is gonna work. <laughs> And so, like, and then I love the fact that how she isn't getting sabotaged isn't because she didn't do a job well, because they didn't tell her about the goddamn dog. And yep. then the dog comes out and she's like, fuck. And you can just see that moment. about that. Yeah, you're like, well, I got to run now. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not about to get fucked up by this dog, which is going to blow my cover. So she cuts out. She gets, like, you know, half the documents. And then she calls out to Leon. She's like, hey, let's, let's roll out. She's going kind of weird. Let's go. And his decision to be like, we're not leaving. We're going to assault this entire embassy, just the two of us with one gun. You know who protects an embassy? The military. Like what? <laughs> so you're gonna take on the military? And it happened like okay. exactly how it ended. Exactly yep. what happens if you try to take on the military? Yep. He shot some of them, and then they shot him the fuck up. Yeah. Like, and I appreciate. I loved his death scene though, in that he got them out of there and then died at the light. Yeah. And I just lo- I I just thought it was Which done really so well. Much better than the foolishness that you get at the point of no return, where. This time, he goes, makes a mess of trying to go and get all this information, and she tries to get out, and he decides he's going to kill her while they're driving. Like, Yeah. And Why? Why? Like, I'm going to reach for my gun, you're going to reach for your gun. Like, we're each going to take turns reaching for our guns, and then... Yeah. Like, while we're driving high speed in what looks like the hills of L.A. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, like, this is exactly, like, at night, driving around corners in a mountain range. This is when I want to have my gunfight. Yep. And so and, it ends like it should, with the yeah. car going off the road. Um, Which, can we also just talk about his decision that he wants to kill Maggie so badly, even with the car crushing him, yep. his decision isn't to try to survive, it's to, I'm going to strangle you to death as I'm dying. We're both dying, because the mission must be complete. I guess, his new mission, uh, to kill to her. Kill yeah. her. Um, because, why does he want to kill her? Because she's an idiot. And she's in the car with the cleaner, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. Girl, if you don't shut up, what are you doing? He done shot everybody. He done shot everybody. He shot everybody. 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 Zero self-preservation. Why would you say that? I mean, it makes sense. She has said it to everybody else because she doesn't care about her life. So she's like, yeah, I am can't do this anymore. So he's like, oh, she's a problem. Yeah. Got to kill her. Yeah. Now, the way he chooses to do it is stupid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when the car was literally on top of him, and he's like, no, I'm going to grab for your throat or whatever, he our arm or whatever the yeah. hell. Like, this is, that's dedication. Yeah. That's, de- right. that's dedication right there. So she gets away. And then she goes home um, to and the conversations with Marco the and Dermot. Yeah. And how different they are. Wow. Yeah. My, one of my favorite lines in Nikita is when she's explaining to Marco how she has to leave. And Marco is like, well, is there a little place for me? And she says, no, I think big places are better for you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. you got me. 
you got me right, right. there in the fields with that one and like, it was just so soft they were so soft with each other and you could tell that they really loved one another and that it wasn't a lack of love or even understanding yes because he acknowledged that he knows what she's doing it's like you've yeah. never worked at the hospital i know that i've seen the tailing i've seen the pictures i know what's up and acknowledge that i know you're a killer for hire pretty much right to say it but he acknowledges it but i still love you and i want to be with you even if you're running yeah. and just versus mcdermott versus mcdermott like, what, give, give us the rundown on mcdermott i don't even remember like god i i totally tuned out because i was just like oh he's being obnoxious again yeah that's and, pretty much it he was being yeah. obnoxious and so now we get to the last scene and this is the biggest one for me about the theft of agency because mm -hmm. in nikita bob comes in has the conversation with marco he's like marco's like can't you just let her go he's like no she's got the documents he's like oh well then you can let her go she left me the documents to give to you turns them over to him has their little pissing contest about she left your note but i tore it up but the oh, way man. but marco's yeah. line reading so yes. superior to yes. McDermott. yes yeah same exact lines but yeah. wow the difference in reading and, but so like part of that cool. is also just the setup they have previously where in nikita uncle bob is just uncle bob yeah and point of no return uncle bob is the sexual rival yeah, enough. yeah so, but i mean even in nikita uncle bob is uncle bob until he's not yeah so yeah. at this point marcos knows that this is not uncle bob yeah right and so there is a bit of one up one upsmanship going on but it's the way he the way he does it is just so it's like when you know you don't actually have to prove a point but you want to do it anyway but you want to do it anyway like and i told you so about a man dermot <laughs> That is correct. That is correct. Um, side note. If you have a friend that, you know, a hypochondriac. is perhaps a hypochondriac and just a little, like a little taste of hypochondriac, but, and, and mostly a germaphobe who pays attention to the world and told you in January, January, hey, some shit's coming. Protect yourself. Listen to that friend. Listen to that friend. Because what you would have now is PPE. That's what you would have. And I'm not, not, not hoarding, but you know, like one for yourself. You know, I'm just saying, just going to throw that out there. So back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Marcos, no, not Marcos, Dylan McDermott and um, Uncle Bob have their, have their really gross pissing match. And Bob leaves and he takes off and who's standing outside? Here's, a, here's one of the biggest differences, right? We do yeah. not see Nikita again. When we, she says goodbye to Bob, we don't see her. When she says goodbye to Marco. Excuse me, right. When she says yeah. goodbye to Marcos, we don't see her. We do see Maggie again, however. Because she's a dumbass who can't get away. She's hanging out on the street. Why? Why would you be hanging out on the street? What is there and for you to see, girl? Because once again, that's the last agency stealing moment yep. where in Nikita, she gets away clean on her own ability. Yep. While in point of no return, Bob lets her get away yep. because that's the only way it can go. Reach. Because he leaves. They literally had this man him, leave and, and then come reverse back. the car to come back <laughs> so that he could see her walking away. 
while he's on the phone to division slash section one. Yeah. Calling them saying, oh, no, I haven't seen her. And so that we can close the case on Nikita, that she must have, excuse me, on Maggie, so she must have died in the car crash or whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Final slap in the face for yep. just enough to Just to make sure you really understand that, like, no, she, she wasn't, she was not. Yeah. We could have got her in time we wanted. Man, this was so fascinating to watch these movies back to back. I've never done something like that. Um, and I don't know that I would do it again because yeah. I fear for how the lesser movie will come out. Well, I mean, Luke Besson has another one, except he made both this time. His other one, uh, Brick Mansions and, um, and what is it? Not Burial 13. I forgot what it's called, but it's something 13. Like um, his movie about uh, parkour superheroes mm. saving the, the ghetto. Oh, okay. I think I don't. I want to say I saw that. I movie. saw the French one. I did yeah, not I saw the, the one French one. Yeah, oh I, no, I did. Oh, okay. I did not know that there was one with Paul Walker. Yeah. Um, I won't be watching it. I did see the French one. Yeah, I saw both. I saw the first and the sequel. I thought they were great. Like you know, hardcore okay. badasses. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but this was really interesting watching both of those films back to back, and then the fact that they are for the most part seen it's a scene point of no return is a scene for scene um recreation of Lefebvre Nikita except for things that they can make worse and then they choose to do (laughs) they make the the worst choices pardon let's make the worst choices possible it's so weird. It's just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I mean, because it's like even down to the script, the dialogue in a lot of the movie is the same. Yeah. But there we have it. So obviously, La Femme Nikita is the superior movie to Point of No Return. Um, I'm assuming, well, I shouldn't assume because honestly, I hadn't seen La Femme Nikita until um, we decided to do this podcast. So if you yeah. haven't seen La Femme Nikita, I highly recommend watching the original movie. Yeah. Um, it is so much greater than Point of No Return. Um, you'll like it. So next episode, we are going to be talking about the series La Femme Nikita. So that should be fun. I have yeah. seen it and Cynical Black Dude has not. So it'll be... It'll be interesting. Cynical Black Dude has some concerns about Just based on what Nikita. you told me. Just he has some concerns based off of the blood tear that happens later on in the series. He, you know, I, I mean, out of context, it does sound extraordinarily cheesy. And who knows? When I rewatch it, maybe it will be cheesy because when I saw it originally, I was a teenager. Or maybe it will hold up. I will say that the Bob character, whose name is Michael, um, in both OG Nikita and um, the CW show. Both of those Michaels are superior to both Bobs. But you have years to get to know uh, these characters. So just saying, like, Michael from CW Nikita, don't get me wrong, does get whiny later on. But his fight to get the ring back, I still remember that episode, like, going to get the ring out of the Chinese prison. Yeah. I was like, that's my dude forever now. Yeah. Like, that's my dude. <laughs> like, So we'll be talking, I don't know how many episodes we'll cover in the next, 
in the next podcast. It'll depend because I don't know where the movie ends versus where the first episode of the season ends. I mean, obviously, you know, Nikita doesn't get away. <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to look at the episodes because we might cover more than one than one episode. That's news yeah. to cynical black dude, but yes. <laughs> we'll make a word. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, please watch along with us if if you if you want. That could be fun. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye.